Welcome to the Expert PK and Newbie Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expert PK and Newbie Podcast. I'm Alyssa, producer and co-creator of this show. And today I have with me my husband, Josh, but you all know him as the PK, Pastor's Kid. Yeah, this is um, this is kind of kind of funny and strange to be on the uh, the other side of it. You're now like interviewing <laughs> me as one of the one of the hosts. I know it's very strange. It's 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 kind of fun. I get to grill him a little bit, <laughs> put him on the spotlight. I mean, he usually is in the spotlight every week. But yeah, how are you? Good, good, doing well. Just enjoying or slash not enjoying the summer heat. Yeah, and uh, that is Australia at the moment. Oh if, yeah, it's when we are warm. recording this and midway through summer. But yeah, no, it's been been good. Yeah, just chugging along through life, as you know. I mean, it's funny asking me about how I'm going when we both yeah. married, live together, work together, yeah. all this. Yeah, we, we we very much know what's going on, but our listeners don't know. No, so. no. Well, how are you going? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, you know, um, learning the ropes of podcasting mm. 101. Let's see how we go. Um, but yeah, have you had a nice break with yeah. me? No. Have you had a nice break? Yes. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> yes, it was enjoyable with you. <laughs> good. Very good. Awesome. So we're here today to talk about your testimony mm-hmm. and what life was like growing up as a PK and how that's shaped you to be who you are today, mm. right? So what was your childhood like? What was my childhood like? Um well, my parents and siblings listen to this, so this is kind of, I'm like, oh, do I be careful about what I say? But then in the same breath, I don't really, there's nothing controversial that I could say, though. What was what was my upbringing? I was in a, um, brought up in a Christian household, obviously. I'm the pastor's kid, so my father is a pastor. He's a minister um, at New Beginnings United Church at the moment, switching churches soon. Yeah, so I've been around um, churches my entire entire life. Um, I've never not known a church, if that makes sense. Every Sunday has always been to the best of my ability, um, always going to church in the morning or church being surrounded in that day, even if it's morning or night or or both, you know, many different um, Sunday schools. Yeah, and as and as a result of of being sort of the pastor's kid and we've moved not a huge amount, but more than let's say the average person has. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of like I started my life out at Broken Hill through dad's placement mm-hmm. um, out out there. This is going to stretch my memory and my mum's going to be yelling at me, but <laughs> I don't know how long we spent in Broken Hill, but from Broken Hill, we moved to Norellan Vale, sort of the Cam- Camden, um, Campbelltown area. There we spent, no, it was, it was a majority of my primary school and then moved to Cronulla. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been in Cronulla for 15 years. Mm-hmm. What age were you when you moved to Cronulla? So I'm 26, basically, minus 15. I was 11. 11. And do you remember much about moving around? Do you, yes. do you wish you were kind of like more positioned in one place uh, growing up or was that was that okay for you because it was all you ever knew I mean it's all I ever knew yeah so I guess I, I, I've always been fine fine with it I mean it was a bit it's hard because you do make friends and it was mainly I mean I was too young at Broken Hill to really sort of cognitively recognize sort of friends or anything like that there were sort of family friends that sort of moved away from but not really any like solid relationships where you'd get overly upset 
about sort of having to leave that. Norellan, a little bit, but I I probably just accepted that's what that was happening. I don't don't know whether or not that was because we'd moved before and I knew that or or however that Mm. that Mm. was. It's always difficult to sort of uproot your, your life. I mean, looking back at it, being younger, it was a lot easier to sort of do those transitions because you're sort of grow, you're sort of growing and developing through all of that. So I look back at it going, well, it was, wasn't necessarily difficult, if that makes sense. If we were to do it now, it'd be a lot difficult, I would say. Now, you know, you've got friends and family or sort of more solidly connected you got the different communities that you're a part of and so there's a lot uh, and at the moment there's a lot more to move away from where before I'm sure there was but wasn't really in a um, like in a cognitive space to sort of really understand and recognize that yeah but interestingly on the sort of on the topic of 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 moving it's a bit strange because I've only like moved like major locations three times but I've never really felt like one place is where I call it home, if that makes sense. Especially because the place that I, I've, I've grown up with, the various houses that I've lived in have always been owned by the church mm. and has always been the manse that's been provided to my father and the family. So not even the idea of, well, you know, my like my family owns that property, that building is something I consider. It's just those are places that we stayed in because we were able to. Um, they're not. There's no real sense of ownership with it. So I don't really have a have a tie or a sense of ownership to one place, if that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. No. Definitely. That that does make sense. Do you feel like not having that set place or that set building that you call home? Do you feel like that's just one example of? maybe some other childhood experiences that you went through that maybe other other kids didn't go through? Do you have any examples of that? Do I have any examples of what I have gone through as a PK versus mm. what other people have gone through? I'm, I'm assuming other people's families, you know, also moved because of their parents' parents' work. So that I would say is not necessarily an uncommon thing to happen. For those that sort of just work within the same area that don't move, then that would be different for them. In terms of like the church context, I've always, it's always funny visiting a different church because I always have this sense of I can sort of walk the halls and go into any door or go into any place within said church or their building and just have free range over it. It's probably a bit of um, a luxury that I've grown up with being able to have that privilege. Um, and then I have to remind myself that I'm not allowed to do that um, at other visiting churches. Um, you know, the, that luxury is only regarded <laughs> to my home church. And even then I'm not, um, you know, I'm not the minister or anything. Um, <laughs> but you are a PK. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> comes with some perks. But. It, it, it's funny because I'm, I'm technically a PK in law mm. and like having, you know, been with you for several years and then like getting married, I almost like I've experienced that a little bit secondhand yeah. as yeah. well. Well, that's, that's interesting. What secondhand stuff have you? Well, just what you said, just being able to like, you know, go into the church, use any room mm. that you wish and yeah. um, 
yeah, having that ownership as well. And I feel like there's a little bit more of a responsibility to talk to more people in your congregation. Mm, mm. Do you find that? Yes, yes. And that's that's probably the, especially when like younger, something that's probably unique, only unique to those where in an organization or in a church where your parent is very sort of public facing uh, or a lot of people know who who they are so everyone you know would know who my dad is who my mom is and then would also know me and so they're coming up knowing about me saying hi to me but I have no idea who they are they're complete strangers to me but they then act as if we're lifelong friends you know a bit of an exaggeration but sometimes that's how it feels so probably that yeah that's probably you know going back to that Mm. that question of being like the uniqueness so that has happened in the in the past Mm. It does feel like you sort of need to maybe show face a little bit more because people sort of know who who you are. It's like if anyone were sort of like who regularly attends church or whatever organization is not there one week, then you you would you would ask of them. It's just probably a little bit more obvious potentially that you're not not there. Though in saying that, one of and I don't know if you're going to cover this, but it's weird talking about how my life is surrounded by being like having this quote unquote title as being the pastor's kid because it almost I don't know, it almost feels like my father is royalty and mm. I'm like the the like the prince and and in the like in that sort of like public eye or whatever where really it's not if that makes sense, you know. The only people that know me as the pastor's kid are those that know my father. And so it's it's just as a side tangent it's a bit weird talking yeah. about it because I almost feel like am I like talking as if you know you're one of the kids of this famous famous person it's like, <laughs> oh woe is me of like all these troubles that I've had and perks and whatever but one of like one of the interesting sort of challenges that has sort of come up in my my life mm. is the ability whether it's whether it actually does happen or it's just in my own head of being myself and not being the pastor's kid all the time and whether or not people can see me as Josh my Mm. own person or you're just doing that because your dad's doing this or you're agreeing or you're saying no so so there's a little bit of bias that come comes with it like being both good and bad if that makes sense I always try my best at just being me and trying my best at not always like especially sort of because we're we're part of the uniting church sort of uh denomination um, but we do interact with other denominations mm. and all of that. We're not necessarily limited to it. No. In in that, various people know my father. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've over the over the years have tried to not introduce myself as I am the son of my father, mm. that I am Josh. Yeah. And if it just so happens that they know who I am or know that, then great. But nine times out of 10, I would just try and be me because I don't want the assumptions or the... the And we have to to just shout out to Simon because, you know, he is the pastor. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he is a wonderful um, teacher and, you know, um, pastor, minister. He's very well respected in, you know, the uniting community from what I've experienced anyway. Mm -hmm. I might also be biased. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, just maybe a touch. <laughs> just a touch. Yeah. So it's not like he's got a bad rap. No, no, not at all. Yeah. No, not at all. Mm. But when, especially sort of going through life and especially when sort of younger, that whole grappling with your own self-identity sort of comes into play until you've sort of walked through life a bit and you've worked out who you are. For me, I've slightly learned that I just need to be myself and not 
throw around too much my connections, mm. be true to be true to me, and then everything else follows. It's not For saying sure. I'm denying it or or the other other end of the spectrum of like needing to use like needing to throw around names just to open doors. It's more I, I I'm being strong and independent in myself first because that's ultimately who I am is me. And then everything else comes secondly, because who my father is, who my mother is, who my friends are, all that is part of my identity as well. That's really good. That's awesome. And do you feel like there is some kind of unexpected pressure to go into ministry? Externally, I don't know. Internally, yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that I've grappled with my entire life. Yeah. Originally, at, at one point, I wanted to be a chaplain in the Defence Force. And that and, and that sort of didn't, you know, as you're thinking, as you're, you know, that, that was during like sort of primary school, sort of high school days. And, you know, you chop and change of what you want to sort of do in life. Why the Defence Force? Oh, it was just an area that I was interested in at the time. Mm. I did Australian Air Force cadets yeah, cool. at, at the time. And so just, a, just, an, just an interest. But, uh, you know, that sort of change from chaplain to being a pilot to at some point wanted to go into the commandos or SAS, that quickly died. And But, you know, finding the love of film and wanting to pursue pursue that. And so it all sort of changes. But then as I've grown older and, and learned that, you know, in life, you have the capacity to do multiple things, not mm. just one single thing. Yeah, sometimes I, even these days, I think about, oh, you know, maybe do some theological training at some point. Yeah, not right now, but mm. maybe at some point. Well, maybe maybe all your training is coming from Lachlan on this podcast. Yes, you can use understudy or something like that. <laughs> I think that a really kind of like common misconception is you have to choose one job mm. and stick to it for the rest of your life. I know that that's how our grandparents and, you know, our parents kind of like grew up and Mm. you choose one job and you do that for the rest of your life. And for some people that stability is what they need. Mm. But for me and and you, um, we both like kind of like getting our hands dirty and getting more creative and kind of like trying different things out. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really good. And so do you, do you ever think that your creative passions and the creative side of you and your love for theology and ministry, do you think that'll, I mean, this podcast is basically. I mean, it already started, it's already <laughs> starting to coincide into, into Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Into but itself. do you think that'll continue? Oh, most definitely. And I don't think it would ever stop. Mm. I think that would always continue. There's always been two, two sides of me that I've sort of very sort of passionate and strong about. Mm being creative in any regard and sort of you know the love for Jesus and that ministry there so I think over time that just the two paths have just slowly converged together and will continue in the future whatever that sort of looks like both of you know we both run a Christian production company and mm. um, everything surrounding that so it's already we've already sort of planted the seeds for it yeah, to happen literally. So. <laughs> well we record mustard seed mustard seed and um, so you studied film. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. As did you. <laughs> yes. As did I. Because <laughs> that's where, for those that don't know, because that's where we met. Yes, we met at film school. How cute. Um. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, we met at film school. So, what made you go to film school? I'm the type of person that sort of really knew early on what they wanted to get mm. out of life. Um. I sort of had that solid, that sort of foundation of a of a direction that I wanted to head and it was probably around year nine and year 10 
was probably the years where I started sort of meeting other people that were sort of like-minded in myself in terms of the creative sphere. During high school, sort of made a sort of a little production company sort of group called Iceman Productions. Um, look it up if you want. Um, <laughs> it's, it's good quality. It's still there. You can see a very it's young very Josh. Funny. Sort of doing doing that. And so I always had a sort of a dream of having my own company mm. slash making making stuff mm. and so that was around i'm stretching my my memory here year nine and year 10 sort of year going into like sort of senior years of high school year 11 year 12 picking the electives all of it was creative and i knew that i wanted to sort of pursue film i don't know what clicked if it was ever a, it was always just there um my father and my um grandfather both sort of we were photography nuts and uh, um, and so I sort of learnt um, photography and a bit of stuff through them. Memories are now flooding back. The um, <laughs> it's because I yeah so so that sort of they sort of sparked sort of that journey and they were big into that. You know I got cameras from like my father. You know my parents were always supportive of creative endeavors or whatever you sort of wanted to do in life. You know one of my first ever sort of videos or films I made was stop motion Lego, mm. and that was whilst I was in primary school. Yeah. Um, you know, not even a teenager that, that by that point made two little like like stop motion things in in iMovie at the mm. time when that was still quite primitive and tried to make a green screen like fully like you've got the Lego people, but then everything else is green and sort of we're gonna put in backgrounds and things. <laughs> so sort of that never went anywhere because I was too young to ever learn how to actually ever do that. But you know, like yeah. the ideas were already there and the drive mm. was already there that I wanted to do that. Such a young age. Yeah. And then, you know, it during high school was just making, you know, videos with friends. I also um like a friend and I, we sort of started the film club almost in high school. I'm sort of the film group that's mm. that's there at the moment I think is still there not sure we did that during during high school and sort of propelled that we were always like the ones that people contacted if we if, you know wanted to know what like what cameras you wanted to use and all that yeah we were the sort of the go-to people to take also photos at events for this for the school as, as well yeah and it was it was Tama and myself who both were like the film people and we're like yeah we want to go to film school and we were going to go sort of do this do this together and it was him that who because I remember sort of visiting other sort of unis and film schools and whatnot and it was him that sort of pushed me towards afters mm. and um after sort of going to the orientation there with him I was a bit hesitant at at, at afters at the time their marketing didn't necessarily scream what we were looking looking for for some reason um others were just sort of for me doing a bit better i hadn't really heard of afters and then you go to that orientation i was like yeah no i'm sold <laughs> i had the same experience mm, but maybe yeah which is really interesting like at the time this is way back in like what 20 we started our course in 2016 yes um so it would have been maybe 2015 20 yeah 2015 looking at all the other like, yeah, yeah yeah and like i i didn't know much about afters, but I was just looking at all the different film schools in the area, probably mm. very similar to what you were doing. And I wasn't sure about afters, but the minute I walked in and saw their facilities, I was like, I'm going here. Mm. I'm, this, this is it. This no, is this is this is where I want to study. I mean, you just have to walk film on. degree. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're like like itching to sort of do it, all you have to do is go into like one of like go to their open day, walk past one of their big studios, and you're like, Yeah, yeah no, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. 
yeah. Anyway, um, we kind of got a little off topic there. But, but, but you know, like to, to your to what you're saying, it's if I look back at it uh, at my life, being creative and having that sort of visual drive mm. has been there throughout my entire life. Yeah, you know, I even had a Lego movie set thing before gr- the Lego growing. movie. Well, before the yeah, before yeah. the Lego movie, it was actual like the, the OG, the, yeah, the OG like, Lego movie by like Iceman Productions. I, I was just talking about the toy, like the, oh, like yeah, there was right. an actual Lego set, which was a film oh. set. It wasn't you know how you had your different ones. Yeah. That was this was a dedicated like a director, a camera, and film set Lego. Mm. Mm, mm. I had that. So it was always always a part of me. Yeah. So going back to your dad, mm-hmm. did he always want to be a pastor? No, no, he um he didn't. He was originally a um a scientist. He was in the medical science field. Yeah. If I'm getting that correct. Yeah, that's where he started out. Mm. He did his uni degree and journey through there. I was on the scene born when he sort of started his journey towards ministry he was in that Mm. sphere for he was in that sort of science and medical sphere for quite a while Mm. and it was only one day where god said that you know to to change careers and hop over that he took took the leap of faith to to go do that Mm. that's that's very courageous and very difficult to do because it's completely different Mm. Mm. line of work it is and you also have to re-study yeah and 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 retrain yourself definitely you have to start from square one again Mm. yeah and that can be quite a quite a big thing especially if degrees take a number of years to Mm -hmm. get not to mention like the cost Mm. as well of of study and education yeah on top of that no well that's that's massive okay so your your dad goes and restudies and you know trains himself up to become a pastor and obviously that had a massive influence on your your life and who you are today and your faith Mm -hmm. do you remember when you started believing in God on your own and not because your dad believed in God. All my, all my parents. Yeah. It's interesting because for me, there's never been a, um, a big life-changing sort of turn moment. Mm. I'm one of those examples where whenever I hear someone having their sort of big sort of like, you know, this happened to me, I was, you know, went through the conversion process and mm. you know, the life was saved and changed, like big sort of monumental stories that you hear, which is great. But I never have this sense of connection with them because mm. it's not what happened to me. I've, yeah. I've, I've grown up my entire life in the faith, grown up my entire life believing in it. I don't think at any point I have stopped, walked away or or anything like that. So for me, it's always been constant. Like I just, I sometimes sort of sit here going, well, I'm the boring one that's just being brought up in it. And this is what I believe because this is what I believe. Was there a specific point? I remember going on the mission trip to Haiti, was filling out a questionnaire form. I had to ask like, when did you, when did you come to faith? And being asked those questions sort of made me think about my own faith journey and whether or not I believe this because I believe it, if that mm, makes sense. Mm. And so probably, and that was around um, when I was, oh my gosh, sorry, I can just hear my parents screaming at me. <laughs> 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 Mom and dad, was that fifth? Was I 15? Was I? <laughs> because they listened to it. So I, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just before going into senior year. Okay. Of high school. So what, were you in year 11? No, I was. Year 10? Year 10 maybe. Oh okay, boy, so this like is not 15, good. 
15, I think age 15, I think it was age 15, and sort of getting to experience that that side of the world and stuff. So so that's when I sort of thought, sort of was aware of and started to think about it. Mm. Where I made a commitment to the church and being a part of or, or my involvement in the church as being sort of either a leader or someone that's also giving back, not just an attendee, mm. if that makes sense, was about four-ish, five-ish years ago, probably more five years ago. It was our last year of uni at the start. Yeah. Before dating yourself, got broken up with with someone someone else, and and so in a sort of state of mm. just not sort of not knowing what to do yeah. and and everything, and was asked if I, I I kind of wanted to go back to so because I did I did Australian Air Force cadets as as a kid as yeah. a teenager for seven years, and so after you age out after the age of twenty, it was back then, but now it's aged eighteen. I wanted to sort of as an adult go back as a staff member and yeah. sort of give back. And so during that period of life, I was told to not do that, to live life a bit. And that was probably the best thing for me was just to live life. But because I had just sort of gone through, gone through this breakup, just emotional, mm. I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to apply to become an adult staff member. And I remember my dad at the time saying to me, this will take away time from other things. Do you really want to do this? And so that's when I stopped going, actually, no. And that's where I saw, no, actually, I want to put my time and effort into the church mm. and, and, seeing, and seeing that being part of the leadership team and being part of uh, more the organizational side of things and how and so how it operates more than just an attendee more than someone that just rocks up on a on a Sunday and so that's probably my like my turning point of being wanting to give back to the church yeah I don't have a big conversion story it's just a constant journey of like either having small doubts and then those doubts being sort of brushed away if that makes sense like like going 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 away because you're like no actually no I I, I don't have any doubts anymore. It's f- for me because I am steadfast in my faith. I think there are just throughout my entire life there are little sort of pokes and jabs of well, hang on, mm. do you do you still do we still believe this or mm. not? And and so for me, I don't think it's one 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 moment in time. It's just my entire life, if that makes sense. No, totally. And I think a lot of the time we hear about the big, amazing kind of like conversion stories mm. of visions and miracles and dreams. We hear more of that because that is miraculous and mm. it 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 shows God at work in something that we can see, feel, hear, touch. Mm. Right? And and so it it really it grabs our attention and I think that's that's why you hear more about those experiences more often because I think your story a lot of people will probably relate to that as well, where they never really kind of like had this big moment of change. Mm. It was just a steady walk with God yeah. in faith. And I just want to also say, I think it's very human to like have doubts mm. every now and then, even as a really strong headed Christian. I yeah. think it's healthy. And honestly, like everybody has them. Like, let's be honest, you know, we're not perfect. We are sinful beings and we're not just fighting flesh and blood on this earth, being spiritually attacked as well at the same time. And so with with all of that, I think it's very normal to have doubts every now and then. Mm. 
Mm. And and also not only having doubts, but kind of like then going through the motions of thinking about it and researching what what that actually means. Yeah. And I've had my own grapples and sort of experiencing life to its fullest and its lowest and not being unaware of what what else goes on around me and and the world, if that makes sense. Mm. Just because I've been grown up within within the church, within the faith, doesn't necessarily mean that I haven't experienced how the other side of life works Mm. or how or what other people do or everything. I, for myself, I consume content that is both secular and Christian mm, and mm. Um, that is sort of all sides of, of life so that I can become more of a well-rounded person so yeah. that in, I can form my own opinions and say confidently, yes, this is what I believe in, this mm. is my, my own faith. And that way you become more relatable. Yeah. As well. And it's easier to talk to to people who aren't necessarily just in your circle, but you can talk to other people who might want to know more about mm. Jesus and what it looks like to to be a man of faith. Yeah, you know, because for me, God, Jesus, Christianity, my faith just feels like family. Mm. It just feels like that this is just the part, thing I am part of. This is who I who I am, and I would have it no other way. That's really good. Who do you feel like you relate with the most in the Bible? A couple of people, and it just depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes Jonah, you always just want to run away. Mm. From, from your responsibilities <laughs> yeah. and what you want to do and you just don't want to do it. Sometimes I feel like that. Um, sometimes Peter, I have the best intentions, but I'm always stumbling, mm. stumbling around. But yet in the stumble, you become better and you actually eventually are doing the right thing. But I think ultimately my name, it, and it's my namesake, it's Josh, Joshua. That throughout my own life has been someone of I, I've identified with, and whether or not it's just as a byproduct of that's what my name is. So that's the character in the Bible that also has that shares the same name. So I have this connection to him. Yeah, you know, I don't know whether it's it's that way or a different direction. If I'm a byproduct of being named Joshua and Joshua in the Bible in the Bible, or the other way around, if that makes sense. Mm. But I think sometimes I do think that I am have this connection because I feel like. I will someday lead a group of people or, or something that it won't be just yet. Like Joshua, he was second in command to Moses mm. and that I will either follow someone or or see the teachings of someone and then one day either take over or lead my own group of people or something. So I have that sort of connection there. Mm-hmm. A little daunting. Yeah. Because um, I've sort of put that on my own self as well. But there's a part of me that sort of feels like, well, you know, I think maybe my parents named me for a reason. Mm. And maybe that is part of my journey is to to follow suit. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like God is also leading you that way? And I think so. Do you think it's just a coincidence or do you think it is divine intervention? It's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> you could never, you could never know for sure. I've always had an affinity to to lead something, to 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 lead a group, company, individuals, or whatever it is into to something. You know, whether that stems out of a control issue that I can't can't let things go, or, <laughs> yeah. or, or, or always want to be in control of something. Yeah, uh, is it a personality trait, or is that just trauma? Or is that just trauma? I don't know, but. <laughs> You know, it could be that or, you know, it could yeah. be well and truly that I'm meant to lead someone or I'm gearing myself up to lead. Mm. 
I don't know. Also, just because you know, I I share the same name as my car- as as a, as someone in the Bible. I'm also though open to the fact that that actually also might not be the case. Yeah. That the humbling part of the that God is trying to humble me and going, well, actually, no, that's not going to be who you are. Yeah. Um, as much as you want it to be, as well, mm. as much as you've grown up with this name, wanting and it to be and reflect that, I'm also open to God humbling me and saying, well, no, actually. You're not doing that. You're actually going to do something else. Mm, mm. Sometimes I just want to know exactly what it is mm. God is leading us to do. <laughs> yeah, you if know, it like, was like a clear sign, you know, yeah, piece yeah. of paper, a letter it, in the mail. Because God's not very obvious. <laughs> oh, well, it, <laughs> well, sometimes. 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 He's just, he, he's very subtle. Subtle. He? Subtlety. Subtle. But also sometimes so obvious that we just miss it. That's true. Yeah. Or we're really distracted and it's it's hard to see him through our distractions. Mm. And temptations. Do you feel like you you get distracted and tempted and you don't see what God's doing? <laughs> That's in a your very life personal question. So, well, I am your wife, so <laughs> Yeah, but we're making a public thing. <laughs> oh, well, all the time. Yeah. I mean, you I, I it'd be crazy if I didn't. Yeah. Being a part of this world, being a part of life, you're always gonna get distracted and strayed off anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be God, I'm gonna get distracted from a lot of things. Mm. Um, but it's through my own self that you've you you don't get either distracted too much or you make sure you're on the on the path Mm. through i mean through like my own our own strength as well as god's strength yeah no for sure yeah god's strength is the important thing there and yeah keeping keeping our eyes on him Mm. it's very hard to see what god has planned for us for our futures, mm. right? But it's so much easier to look back on our lives and mm. see God really present in certain times of sadness and hurt and trials and triumphs. Um, do you remember a time where God was so clearly present in in your life? I don't know. Because again, it falls under the the umbrella of like always being having like this stand like like events always happening out of this standout moment where my life doesn't feel like that mm. it doesn't necessarily feel like there are these standout moments where that that thing those things happen yeah but it doesn't even have to be like a standout moment it could be just a time where things just happened way too perfectly to be anything else but divine intervention or if you're really going through something tough and you know you 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 seek comfort i got nothing like i can say everything is clearly god Mm. but there's no one moment where everything quote unquote went perfect yeah because nothing is in my life has gone perfect excuse me (laughs) personally offended (laughs) no 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 you're perfect stop (laughs) no i'm not does does that make sense though like we can include this and not include this but just as a just as a conversation between us two yeah when i say this is like this was clearly God. I'm not saying like any other moments weren't clearly God, mm. but it's not like I turned around and said that's clearly God. Yeah, sure. There's nothing. There's nothing that's I, I mm. not nothing, but nothing that I can think of that where it's like you just kind of like took it as oh yeah, like God's course just, because God's here with me. Yeah, God's yeah. with me. He's had my back the entire time. Totally. You know, you pray for for when an interview comes up, so you do that. So he's he's with me there. He's with me before. He's with me afterwards. And so for me, I can't think of any time because for me, it's just always there. Mm. See, I don't think I get too distracted away from God, where God has to come to me in a in a big in a big way. I'm always very present and 
knowing of God. And sometimes, you know, sure, in your prayer life and you may only, you know, do the the stock standard, you say grace before eating a meal and Mm. and praying because something stressful about in your life is about to happen. Mm. You know, obviously moments like that. But for me, God's always been present for me. I've always been present for God or at least trying to be. Yeah. You know, I think it's just a constant. No, that's a really good answer and something for us to all think about, I guess. <laughs> Me included. <laughs> but I, No, but like that that's really Everyone's good. different. Everyone is different. No, for sure. And, you know, that's very aspiring as a fellow Christian and also as your wife. <laughs> no, I think that's really, really good. Nice. All right, Josh, I have two more questions for you. Okay. <laughs> Speed fire, go, wrap it. <laughs> Is there anything that would surprise us about being a PK? Is that oh, that's a very good question. Um, hmm. You <laughs> may have to ask my dad whether or not we can include this, but <laughs> <laughs> the um, my dad in the past has sometime when he's been called up to go visit some people has taken me along as the as the scapegoat to go obviously spend the time with the person that's need, needed him, mm. but also then go on, ah, oh, like it's getting late. I need to then take my son. Oh, and so I've been juicy. used as the, scape, the scapegoat <laughs> before. Oh, Simon. <laughs> 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 that's so funny. Very juicy. And my last question is, how would you describe yourself in two words other than pastor's kid? How would you describe me? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a question for you. Oh, uh, I don't know. That's three words. <laughs> One of the words I think would be dedicated. The other word, creative. A dedicated, creative. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm an as you know, I'm an ideas person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also dedicated to the cause. So mm. I don't know. I like coming up with ideas, seeing them through, trying to see them through. But also, I'm dedicated to to being either who I am slash to what I believe in. Awesome. Anything else you would like to say before we No, I think we covered finish this up. Covered everything. Yeah. Yeah. I can't no, nothing that I can think of. Thank you. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, thank you, Josh. That's all right. Thank you. No worries. Uh, and thanks everyone for joining and listening and watching. Uh, give this podcast a like, a share, uh, tell your friends about it. We've got season two coming mm. up very soon. Book of Genesis we're doing. Oh, it's so exciting. Going to the beginning. Yeah, I know, right? And next week I'll be interviewing Morgan, our newbie, which I'm very excited about. Uh, So tune in for that and we'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye. A Mustard Seed Creative Production.